One of the most important things to know about any theologian is something of his background. What is it that makes him tick? What are the forces and the influences that shape his own mind? We're discussing John Calvin this morning, and this is a particularly important question when it comes to him because of the key role he played in the Reformation. Uh, he was one of the key leaders at a crucial time in Western church history. His writings, his preaching, his speaking influenced a generation of church leaders and indeed continue to influence church leaders down to the present. So I want to address just briefly uh, three areas of Calvin's background that I think help us to understand the man more effectively. First thing that influenced him was a movement called humanism. Humanism really arose in the Italian city-state some centuries before Calvin. By the time Calvin came across it in France in the 16th century, it was primarily identified as a movement that was interested in going back to the sources, in going back behind the compendia of theology, the extracts of quotations that were typically uh, studied in the Middle Ages as part of an education, and going back to the original sources from which these quotations were drawn. So instead of studying, say, a book like Peter Lombard's Four Books of Sentences that contained quotations from Augustine, Irenaeus, Athanasius, you'd actually go back and look at the original manuscripts, look at the texts of Irenaeus, Athanasius, and Augustine to try to find out what they really thought and really wrote in context. This had a profound impact on Calvin, I think, in two ways. One, it led him to rediscover much early church theology that had become obscured in the Middle Ages, particularly as it relates to the doctrine of grace as developed by St. Augustine in the 4th and the 5th century. And secondly, it gave him an interest in languages. And that, of course, ties in very closely with the typical Protestant emphasis upon the Bible as the Word of God given in the original languages. So Calvin was the beneficiary of an educational revolution driven by humanism that had led not only to the rediscovery of ancient church texts and the rediscovery of patristic theology, but it also led to a rediscovery of the biblical languages that gave Calvin access to the biblical texts and enabled him to uh, critique, if you like, the traditions of biblical scholarship and exegesis that had developed within the Middle Ages. Second area, second uh, element of influence on Calvin was that of Lutheranism. Calvin was born uh, in 1509. He was therefore eight years old when Luther launched his major protest against uh, contemporary Catholic abuses. Calvin grew up, in other words, within a world that was already being shaped by Martin Luther and the debates that he had provoked. And Calvin picked up, I think, three things in particular from his readings of Martin Luther. One, a great emphasis upon justification by grace through faith. This idea that we are not justified, we do not stand righteous before God because of any intrinsic merit, anything we have done ourselves, but solely because we have laid hold of the extrinsic righteousness of Christ through trust in his word. That was something Calvin definitely imbibed from Luther. Secondly, and closely related to that, Calvin understood the importance of assurance for Christian faith. He understood that Christian faith was built upon a confidence that God was loving and graciously disposed towards us. That could only come about through knowing that our righteousness was rooted in Christ and not in ourselves. But it had massive ethical consequences. 
uh, one no longer did good works in order to try to make God pleased with oneself. One did good works out of gratitude to a God who had already acted to save. So it had profound uh, experiential implications in terms of being assured of God's favor, profound ethical implications in the way that it turned on its head the motivation for good works. And the third thing that Calvin picks up from Luther is the centrality of the word preached and of the sacraments for the Christian life. For Calvin, the Christian was, if you like, never more a Christian than when he or she was sitting under the sound of the word in the gathering of the church on a Sunday or perhaps during the week to hear the word preached and expounded. Uh, the word was where Christ was met. The word was where Christ came to the individual and where God met with his people. And the sacraments, uh, which only ever took place for Luther and for Calvin in the context of the word preached, were the seals of the promise that the word contained. And thus, also of great importance in assuring the believer of God's favor and in equipping the believer to go out and do good works. So those, I would say, are the first two elements of influence on Calvin, humanism and Lutheranism. The third element I want to talk about is that of Reformed theology. Luther was not the only early reformer. In the Swiss cities, particularly in Zurich, another strand of the Reformation had developed, typically called Reformed Christianity. And Calvin imbibed various elements of Reformed Christianity, and I want to focus just on one this morning as a way of showing a slight difference with Luther. Luther believed he was living at the end of time. He believed that what he was engaged in was a recovery of the gospel at the very end of time. He expected a worldwide revival to follow the rediscovery of this gospel. For Calvin and for the Reformed, the Reformation was not so much about the rediscovery of the gospel as it was about the rediscovery of pure worship. For Calvin, the struggle in the Reformation was not between the gospel and the forces of Antichrist so much as it was between the forces of those who held to true religion and those who held to idolatry. And that gave Calvin's theology and his church life a very different flavor to that of Luther. Let me be clear here. I'm not saying that Martin Luther and John Calvin disagreed on the essence of the gospel. They were fundamentally agreed on what the death and resurrection of Christ signified and how that work was appropriated by the believer uh, by grace through faith. What I am saying is they understood the time slightly differently and that shaped their attitude to the church. If you were to go into a Lutheran church at the time of the Reformation, even one today, it would have a more Catholic aesthetic than perhaps you might be used to if you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian. Uh, the minister would wear robes. There would be an elaborate and an ornateness to the service that you will not find in a Reformed context. Why? Because in the 16th century, the primary concern of the Reformed at the time of the Reformation was to purify worship. They saw the problem of the Middle Ages not primarily that the gospel had been buried, as Luther did. They did not disagree that the gospel had been buried, but they saw the primary problem as being the multiplication of ceremonies and the burying of true worship under idolatrous worship. So the third element of influence on Calvin is that of Reformed theology. Before Calvin came on the scene, there was already a movement underway to simplify worship, to bring it back, as the Reformed saw it, more in accordance with the Word of God. And that is the third element, I think, that shapes Calvin and shaped 
his attitude to his times and shaped his attitude to the church. So then, just to summarize, three elements that are of crucial importance in the understanding of Calvin. First, humanism that took him back to the ancient text of the church, not just the early church fathers like Augustine and Athanasius, but also to the very text of scripture itself and encouraged him to acquire the linguistic skills necessary to access those texts. Secondly, Lutheranism taught him the importance of justification by grace through faith, taught him the importance of assurance, taught him the importance of the word and sacrament in the ordinary work of the church. And thirdly, Reformed theology that led him to believe that the primary problem affecting the church in his day was not that the gospel had been buried, but if you like, that it had been buried under a multiplication of idolatrous services. That is the background to John Calvin.